Hello! I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the The Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And naps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's been pretty consistent. Well, I wish I can have more naps, actually. Girl, same. (laughs) That would be nice. That nap life. (laughs) Man, if we have any kids that listen to this show... Listen to your parents. Naps are the best. Mm-hmm. Hold on while you still can. Yeah, I know. I wish I would have listened more. Same. Because now I really appreciate a nap. Dude. <laughs> oh, kids have it so easy. They really do. <laughs> and it's, man, what a freaking Monday. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Just... <sighs> is it friday yet oh no but i'm really looking to that 5 a.m meeting tomorrow morning mm. yeah don't sign me up for that Ugh. i'll be kind of up with you though i have to be at work at 6 30 so oh, yeah that's right you know i'll be up we'll just text each other little sad faces at 5 yes, we will. a.m <laughs> i will text you the sad face and also the i'm driving uh, i'm sleep while driving face as well <laughs> Yes, that one. <laughs> I mean, there's probably not a face on there. I'll just make one up. I'll, it'll mostly just be tears. Right. At least from my end. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Is she getting into booze news? Wait, we didn't do our joke. Oh, my fucking God. I'm sorry. I have a joke. Yes. Can I share it? Yes. My whole life is a joke. I'm I know, so right? sorry. <laughs> no, I'm it's sorry. not. It's wonderful. I just can't. not today for the both of us. Right. <laughs> okay. What does Bigfoot say when he asks for candy? I don't know. What does he say? Trick or feet. <laughs> That's cute. (laughs) It's super corny, but I don't care. How come we haven't had any Bigfoot sightings recently? Oh, I know. With, I mean, we got the... Y'all got free time. Go squatching. (laughs) Go squatching. You can socially distance. I mean, they they released the, uh, that video of the the flying saucer. Why can't we get Bigfoot uh, videos? You know how many (laughs) UFO documentaries I've watched just in the last month alone? (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, well, I have one for you, too. I'm ready. What Halloween tradition doesn't require a mask? I don't know. What tradition is it? Scaring. <laughs> Scaring, but spelled S-Karen. Yep. Scaring. Because that's how it should be. I'd like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> oh, man. With my helmet hair. <laughs> oh man that's just that's great oh I like karen it. now is it news time <laughs> yes <laughs> it is now time for booze news okay booze news booze news sorry I'm okay so i thought you might like this one so this is why i put it in okay a horror game where you're a cat you say <gasps> i get to be a kitty that's like my main yeah. goal in life is to be a kitty i know <laughs> so well that's what you're getting from scratch studios etched memories uh which they have a free demo available for you to try on steam for the upcoming title steam so yeah on the steam page they have listed a first person and third person indie horror and cat simulation game you are biscuit 
a tabby cat who wakes up one night to discover that his mom is gone. Oh my god, the cat's name is Biscuit. I love animals that are named after food. I know. (laughs) So you have to search for her. And while you're doing that, you'll be uncovering your past as a research subject. Interesting. And along the way, you'll spend your time sifting through items and documents to learn about the events that got you into this predicament, as well as unlock new gameplay mechanics. There's no release, uh, no release date has been announced for the full game, but, uh, you know, the de- developers are very eager to hear from those who play the demo so they can, you know, fix all the glitches before it you know, actually comes out. Okay, that explains why I couldn't find it yeah okay i was like i'm sitting here on my phone searching like (laughs) so yes i mean um... think about it i know cats are a very polarizing subject matter people (laughs) either love them or they hate them but you get to sleep for 20 hours a day and do nothing but eat you get to be a dick to everybody because nothing is expected of you i mean how do i make this happen for myself (laughs) <laughs> exactly i'm like i think my next life should i should be a cat man from your Just lips saying. to god's ears I know, right? <laughs> uh some more cool news so simon barrett who is a big central part of the bloody disgusting family is going to make his directorial debut with the movie called Seance this year. And it's a brand new horror movie that has just been uh, acquired by RLJE Films and Shudder for release this May. So first Seance comes to theaters on demand and digital courtesy of RLJE Films on May 21st. And then the film will be arriving on Shutter, a streaming service, at a later date this year. So the film stars uh, Sookie Waterhouse. Like from that movie with the vampires, the show with the vampires, True Blood? Yes. Really? Well, but it's, I think it's S-U-K-I. Oh, but close. This shit's confusing. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so she is starring as the new girl at the prestigious uh, Edelvine, I think, yeah, Edelvine Academy for Girls. It's already going bad. Um, right. <laughs> and then soon after her arrival, six girls invite her to join them in a late night ritual. Uh, calling forth the spirit of a dead former student who reportedly haunts their halls. But before morning, one of the girls is dead, leaving the others wondering what they may have awakened. Don't do it, girl. It's I know. not worth it. It's like they invited you and it's already it's already going to go bad. Yeah, this already has bad news written all over it. So be on the lookout May 21st. See, see what happens. <laughs> uh, in other news... Paramount has officially confirmed that a prequel to Stephen King's Pet Cemetery is coming to Paramount Plus. Ooh. The artist. So for those that didn't know, we talked about it in our last episode. You may have not wanted to listen to our last episode. You missed out. But I digress. <laughs> Paramount Plus is the official rebranding of CBS All Access. So if you already had a CBS All Access subscription i almost said prescription but i stopped myself and then i just said it anyway so now it doesn't matter it's been a long day 
So Paramount Plus is taking over for CBS All Access. You don't need to do anything. It's just going to get changed over and say a bunch of different garbage when you go to log in. So Jeff Bueller, who penned the recent remake, will actually write the script for the origin story. Uh, Lorenzo D. Bonaventura will produce it. And the new film does not have a release date yet, but we'll be staying tuned to see when it comes out um so i have mixed feelings about this because i really hated pet cemetery 2 the sequel and i know that this is a prequel um i really hated pet cemetery 2 it was god awful um sorry edward furlong you were wonderful but um (laughs) yeah it just it was it just was a bad it was just a bad movie yeah there wasn't wasn't a lot of redeeming stuff but you know the remake I know the remake got a lot of shit. It wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah, John Lithgow. So yeah. there's a good point. There's, you know, wins. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I liked it. It was cool. Yeah. It was fine. Not John oh. Lithgow. Yes, John Lithgow. Yes, yes. Yes, he was John in it. Lithgow. <laughs> We're doing great. Also, Winston <laughs> Churchill from The Crown. <laughs> right. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Paramount Plus la- launches March 4th which is the day before this episode will come out. So be on the lookout for something that already happened. Yay. Uh, Next up, Guy Pierce, who I love and adore, will be playing an ass-kicking exorcist in the upcoming supernatural horror movie titled The Seventh Day, um, which is going to be arriving in select theaters and on video on demand on March 26th from Vertical Entertainment. I like this. So there's a trailer out that you can check out. It actually looks pretty spooky. Um, But Guy Pearce plays a renowned exorcist by the name of Father Peter, who teams up with a rookie apprentice for his first day of training. And as they plunge deeper into hell on Earth, the lines between good and evil blur and their own demons emerge, as they always do. So much drama. Um, So The Seventh Day was actually written and directed by Justin P. Lang. Um, in addition to Guy Pierce, the film will also be starring one of my favorites, Keith David. Ooh. I know. I love Keith David. So I like this. I'm excited. Good stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. All this amazing things coming. Yeah. Yay. For those that didn't know, this month is National Women's History Month here Yay. in the U.S. It's also... Again, Irish American Heritage Month as well. Yes, it is. (laughs) So uh, on uh, this episode, we're going to talk about some women. Women and women charities. Yes. (laughs) So the first one I wanted to share was uh, Women for Women International. Um, So this is a international women's rights organization that supports kind of the most uh, marginalized women in countries affected by war and conflict. Um, The organization conducts projects that enable women to earn and save money, influence decisions in their communities and homes, improve their well-being and health, and connect to networks for support. This is wonderful. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then so far, the organization has helped more than 478,000 women across the world to rebuild their lives after the war. Um, Another thing that's really great about this, um, the organization's projects, is that women learn about their rights on key issues, such as uh, 
access to land, voting, divorce, domestic abuse, and custody over children, which is super duper important. Mm, Divorce dump that dead weight. (laughs) Super, super important. Um, And um, in this way, the organization strives to achieve gender equality and equips and empowers women to stand up for themselves. Also very important. I like it. (laughs) So um, definitely check them out. So womenforwomen.org.uk. Also something that really, um, other than just, you know, the regular donations, um, there's something else you could do. You could sponsor a sister. And right now they're looking for 500 sponsors need by March 31st. So this is, we're we're recording this on March 1st. You got 30 days. You got a month. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Come on. Let's help our fellow sister and, you know, help them out. So with your sponsorship, um, you're, you will help a sister learn skills that can change her life. You give her a monthly stipend for food, clothes, water, and shelter, trade and business skills training, and information on her fundamental human rights. $35 per month if you'd like to help or just whatever donate donation is accepted. So check them out. I dig it. So the charity that I picked is the women's earth and climate action network abbreviated as we can. I like it. Isn't that clever? Uh, That's real clever. I loved it. I like it. (laughs) Yep. Um, So because I'm a science major or was a science major in school and uh, I'm also a complete climate hippie. Uh, this one actually was is near and dear to my heart. So uh, the Women's Earth and Climate Action Network International is a climate justice-based organization that was established to unite women worldwide as powerful, powerful stakeholders in sustainability solutions, policy advocacy, and worldwide movement building for social and ecologic justice. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, not to get on my soapbox, <laughs> uh, climate change is not something that's political. And it's, it, I don't know what it's like in other nations, but in the U.S. it's become this highly politicized um, topic, which breaks my heart because there are answers. We just all need to listen to each other and be willing to work with each other. So really standing up to change to fuel sources that are lower emission doesn't mean that everybody that works in the in fields that generate high emission products Mm -hmm. need to lose their jobs it's hey why don't we offer incentives to organizations that specifically are looking for clean air solutions or how to lower emissions and say hey if you hire x amount of people from the coal industry or the petroleum industry then we'll give you a tax break or something like that so it doesn't need to mean it does not mean that people need to go without jobs it does not mean that uh we need to hate this subject matter because you know one political party is more for it and another is against it we only got one planet she's pissed at us yeah we're killing her slowly let's all please work together to find a solution um so this particular organization helps women get involved to promote climate change which as i mentioned this is something that's never been more important than it is now we're running folks we're running out of time yeah (laughs) we got to fix this i feel like we're like at the last leg (laughs) we are like we're we're getting closer to midnight on the doomsday clock so oh boy we're we're getting to that point where um 
it's it's gonna be irreparable yeah it's like come on you guys 2020 was enough of a doomsday let's make 2021 a a new beginning please everyone needs to watch the movie interstellar yes yes because you'll see you'll see what it looks like when we've destroyed our our planet to the point where we can't even grow food yep you're gonna get real sad and then everybody just gives up and goes and finds other planets to destroy yeah we're gonna destroy all the other planets after ruining this one yep um but they have a website that you can donate to or learn about more ways to get involved it is www.wecaninternational.org yay yeah go help out yeah do Got stuff. two great organizations yeah donate just a little we mm-hmm. all know it's been rough but every little bit helps absolutely even if it's just a dollar yeah don't go to starbucks exactly sorry starbucks it's not yeah, you it's enough me. money yeah it's not you it's me <laughs> <laughs> well today uh we're gonna be on a hot topic right now because there's like two um big series out right now about this subject mm-hmm. and it is the CISO hotel whoop whoop I mean, it's a it's a hot topic right now. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit in our um, Haunted Hollywood episode, but we mostly focused on all the people that died. <laughs> We're specifically going into the, oh, what was it? It's the crime story. Oh, yes. The Netflix series that's out right now, uh, the crime story. And this talks about the... Um, well, I don't know if it's... Can you call it a murder? The vanishing of yeah, Elisa Yeah, there Lam. it is. The vanishing. <laughs> or the death of Elisa The Lam. death. And I'm sure you guys have all heard about the story. You've probably watched it. Uh, you pro- Yeah, probably watched it. Um, but just in case you didn't know, um, Tony Stark dies. And we're going to tell you what happens. Yes. <laughs> so, but even if you do listen and you don't skip forward, um, still watch it. Because it has very valuable information. The official title is Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, there it is. And the other one that we're going to talk about is the Ghost Hunters yes. investigation of the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, this one was really great, too. All the gas masks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but first, we'll start and just kind of... I know we discussed a little bit before in our previous Hollywood uh, Haunted Hollywood episode, but we're just going to go back into a little bit of the history of the Cecil Hotel for those of you who maybe didn't listen to our episode about that. So, <laughs> so the Cecil uh, was built in 1924, um, and it was built by William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix. <laughs> Sorry, I'm five. Um, <laughs> and Robert H. Shops. And it was made as a destination for business travelers and tourists. Man, were they wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, designed by Lori Loy Lester Smith in the Beau Arts style. It's a very beautiful lobby, let me tell you. But from there, just <laughs> it doesn't look like that. Well, and it was supposed to be like the luxury hotel that yeah. was not luxury. Exactly. Because back in 1924, downtown Los Angeles was real nice. Yeah, it was real nice. It was a hundred years when ago. I see, when I see the pictures of what it used to look like compared to like me just walking around right now, I'm like, what the hell happened, you guys? 
<laughs> I mean, but now I know. The war After, on drugs. Yeah, right. And, you know, just researching, like, more into the history of this, it's like, oh, gosh, L.A. The Great Depression happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so... Um, and this was constructed by W.W. Patton, and the hotel cost $1.5 million to complete. And it was boasted with opulent marble lobby with, a stained, with stained glass windows. They had little potted palms and alabaster statuary. It was beautiful. Really, really beautiful. <laughs> so the, uh, the three uh, hoteliers invested about $2.5 million in the enterprise and uh, with the knowledge that several sim- similar hotels had been established elsewhere downtown. I mean, you got the Biltmore. Oh, yeah. How do you... <laughs> you can't even compare to that. Nope. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Cecil, you lost. Because um, <laughs> there's some gorgeous hotels down there. And for those who don't live in Los Angeles or California, and you know you haven't been here, please check out the nicer hotels in downtown LA, please don't go on, I forget that website. Maybe it's just hotels.com and then pick like the three or two star to save money. Please, please do your research and we'll get into why. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. (laughs) It's, it's so important. (laughs) And here's what, you know, what really drove me the most nuts about this documentary. So it's four episodes. Um, and most of it discusses, obviously, the the disappearance and the eventual death of Elisa Lam. However, I was so grossly annoyed within the first 15 minutes <laughs> by the people that booked the hotel and didn't do any research into the area. I know. So, I can't. I can never do that. No. And, and you know, and, um, and Lindsay told me, that I have to talk about her. Uh, so I'm going to mention her <laughs> because she works in the hotel business. And I just happened to ask her as I was, you know, kind of doing my notes for this. I'm like, how many people do you get that come there and they know nothing about the area where they're staying in? Because she, you know, worked a lot in LA and also in um, Anaheim. And she was like, you don't, you wouldn't even know how many people I get during a week who just like, they're like, oh, yeah, I just picked this one randomly because you guys have the best deal. But didn't do any research or nothing about the rooms, nothing. And I was surprised because I'm like, I'm the first one to look at like every picture and every review <laughs> to make sure. Well, and it's like, OK, I get that you want a good deal. And I don't expect shit. I don't know everything about every area that right. I go to. And it's one thing to ask the front desk attendant hey, where's a good place to grab some dinner around here? Or, hey, where's there a place where I can go get some Advil? I mean, stuff like that, not, hey, I happen to pick a hotel that's in one of the worst areas in the entire continental United States. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that was the biggest annoyances. Yeah. The people that were like, oh, yeah, it was just, it was really cheap. But I had no idea where I was going. So, and I travel a lot for work, so maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, pre-COVID, I traveled a lot for work. I was on a plane all the fucking time. But, so maybe I'm just hypersensitive to the fact of I always research my hotel. I yeah. always research the area. Me too. Yeah, I always look at, I look at everything before I go. Yeah. So, if I can say anything 
to people listening to this episode, <laughs> please, 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 please. Do your research. Research places before you stay there. I know, I know some of the reviews are just a little over the top and, you know, there's just, you know, the Karen's complaining, but like read some of them because some of them are truthful and will explain like stuff that goes on like, oh, hey, in the pictures, these rooms look super duper nice. But when I went there, it was super trashy and I found condoms on the floor and it's like, just, just read. Sounds like my high school. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Did I mention I grew up in the inbred empire? Oh man. <laughs> oh your poor high school. Were <laughs> you going to that high school? There's <laughs> a reason I fled that city. Oh man. Many reasons. <laughs> but yes, anything that I learned from this episode, and I mean from <laughs> watching this is that I'm really glad that I read things. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> because I just can't believe these people came all the way from across the ocean, didn't do any kind of research, only the fact that, oh, I just want to go to Hollywood. Also, downtown LA, sort of close to Hollywood, but not really. It's not that close. I mean, you're still, (laughs) depending on where you're trying to go, I mean, it's still half an hour. And even in Hollywood, you need to be careful where you're staying. Oh, I thought that. Just saying. Mm -hmm. It's not all glitz and glamour. Listen, friends. Look. Like, whoever's never been here, Los Angeles is not that pretty. <laughs> really like, I'm just, gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna make sure that everybody knows. <laughs> they hire good photographers to make it look good. It doesn't look like it does in La La Land. So if you saw La La Land, that Angel's Flight doesn't even work anymore. I so mean, it kind of does. It, as soon as they reopen it, it breaks. Like, right. let's be real. <laughs> True. So it doesn't look that pretty. It's dirty. It's scary. You don't really want to go out places after dark. Yeah. Yes, it's fun. There's lots of stuff to see and do. And that's why we still live here. But it's really not that pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Just know that going into it. it yeah. So continuing on, though. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Back, back to my, my, back to our schedule. Yeah. Segway off of my love-hate relationship with I Los know, Angeles. But it's just like, when we got to, when it, it was the same for me when I got to that part of the episode. I'm like, seriously? Like, friends. <laughs> seriously? I got, I got, or, I know we'll talk about her later, but the hotel manager oh, moved yeah. out mm-hmm. and had no clue where she was going. Like, girl. Yeah. Girl. I know. it. <sighs> anyway. So... <laughs> Anyway, it took three years of construction for this, for the CISA Hotel to be finally officially opened. But the United States, however, entered into the Great Depression two years later. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the, um, a lot of the Great Depression kind of attributed to a lot of these horrific tragedies uh, that happened um, at the Cecil, and it also created the area that is very, very close to the Cecil called Skid Row. Those of you who live not here, the band, yeah, <laughs> not the band. And those of you who live here in or live in the Los Angeles area, you know where Skid Row is. Is is not that hard to find. <laughs> we, and, were, we were just there. That's right. We were. We made like one wrong turn. (laughs) And there we were. We went fabric shopping (laughs) for some projects. And I 
forgot where I was for a split second. Well, really, we just wanted to go to Grand Central Market because we were hungry. Yeah, there's that. And then I turned down to go through the flower district and I forgot. Whoop. Whoopsies. That's where Skid Row is. It's fine. We made it out. We're here. Um, <laughs> please, like, please turn green. Please turn green. Please turn green. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so following, you know, the, uh, the start of the Great Depression, the hotel became a, basically a hotspot for violence and a lot of crime activity. So I'll just touch on a few because... There's a lot, and I feel like in the first episode, we really, like, or not the first episode, the the Hollywood episode, uh, Haunted Hollywood episode, we really kind of dived in I talked about to a lot of every them. single solitary person. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so I'll just mention kind of like the somewhat bigger ones, the I suppose. More famous murders. More famous ones. <laughs> Um, so the first documented suicide at the Cecil occurred on the evening of January 22nd, 1927, when Percy Armand Cook, who was 52, shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. The Los Angeles Times reported that he was rushed to the receiving hospital with a slim chance of survival. And then uh, death records reveal that he died the same evening. And then we have the next reported death in 1931 when guest uh, W.K. Norton died in his room after taking poison capsules. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot going on. And of course, um, so in then 1934, uh, we have Army Sergeant Louis uh, Louis D. Borden. He um, slashed his throat with a razor. And then we also have, um, and then less than four years later, we have Roy Thompson of the Marine Corps. Uh, Marine Corps, excuse me. He jumped uh, out of his window from his room. And he was found on a skylight of a neighbor, uh, neighboring building. Oh, so many things. <laughs> and then uh, we have in September of 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell awoke in the middle of the night with stomach pains while she was staying at the Cecil with Ben Levine, who was 38. She went to the bathroom uh, uh, so as not to disturb, you know, her other half. And and she was, to her complete shock, she gave birth to a baby boy. Okay. <laughs> How did you not know? <laughs> All right, friends. There are a handful of biological changes that take place when you're that pregnant. I'm just continually in shock at the people. I didn't know. How did you not know? You know, you stop getting a visitor every month, um, which, okay, I get it. Like, (laughs) certain types of birth control, yeah, it stops coming. But, you know, you there's the whole, you kind of want to eat everything in sight. You have to pee all the time. Start gaining weight (laughs) in only one particular area. You're a hormonal mess. I mean. (laughs) How do you not know? (laughs) 
few like we're not even talking about like red flags we're talking there's fucking fireworks and helicopters and planes with signs I yeah mean, like come on like it just reminds me of that show that used to be on tlc i don't know if it's still on because i don't really watch the the channel anymore but it there was a show called um i didn't know i was pregnant you don't know how many like baby toilet stories are on this show i'm i'm really disheartened that there are are enough of people out there to necessitate an entire television series exactly exactly (sighs) anyway so (laughs) she did not know she was pregnant but she gave birth to a baby boy so she had no idea and she thought that the baby was dead so um dorothy threw her live baby out the window and onto the roof of the the building next door. I mean, y'all didn't stick a freaking mirror under its nose to see if it fogged up. I'm come on. I just <laughs> no. I'm just gonna throw it. It's cool. It's I fine. mean, that's what I do to Jared sometimes when he's sleeping so soundly, and I have a little compact by my by my nightstand, and I just stick it under just, his nose. You just take a double check. Yeah, I'm like, is he? I don't want to wake him up because he'll be real mad if I wake him up out of a dead sleep, but. Yep, oh, mirror fogs up. He's alive. <laughs> but at her trial, she was found not guilty uh, of murder by reason of insanity, and she was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment. That is exactly where she belonged. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with all this stuff going on, lots and lots of suicides. Mm-hmm jumping out of windows um eventually the hotel transitioned to a single room occupancy operation and long-term tenants would rent their own rooms and share bathrooms with other residents um the once beautiful hotel soon gained a reputation as a meeting place for junkies runaways and criminals so it just earned that reputation of lots of violence and and death Mm mm-hmm and yeah (laughs) well then something that i learned from this documentary that i thought was interesting was i think it was in the 80s or 90s uh they were talking about renovating the hotel but because it had been turned a section of it had been turned into single occupancy rooms Mm -hmm. um for people that and for those that don't know or who don't live in a metropolitan area or who are outside the states, occasionally you can get a better rate renting a hotel room for a long-term period of time. So whether it's six, nine, 12 months, because let's say you have terrible credit and you can't get approved to rent an apartment or you can't pass a background check for, for a house that you're trying to rent with other people. Um, so Perhaps you are trying to straighten up your life or perhaps you are not. You just don't care. Um, And unfortunately, you can't qualify to rent places. Mm -hmm. You can get a better rate at a hotel like the Cecil, now called the Stay on Main, um, and and stay there for a long time. Dude, those rooms are small, (laughs) too. They are, and they don't look good. That's that's the other thing that trips me out. They didn't even look at the pictures. No, <sighs> they are okay. like teeny tiny little baby rooms. They everybody sees the picture of the lobby and they're like, "Ooh, this is fancy." It's like the Biltmore. No, it no, is not. Oh, girl, that ain't no. Nope, it is not. Nope. The Biltmore is like heaven. The Biltmore also has a really lovely high tea that I wish was running right now. But I COVID. know because we still haven't done it yet. Mm-mm. But it's fine. 
Well, we'll but, get there. But also, they don't have vegan options. So. Oh, okay. Then we're really not going. Jerks. <laughs> we'll we'll be just having tea. I'll, yeah, I'll just be <laughs> drinking tea and bringing my own scones. There you go. Um. So something else that I learned from this that was, and I, so I knew that Richard Ramirez had stayed there during his crime spree in Southern California. So another documentary that is actually a docu-series that was really well done that I highly recommend was The Night Stalker that's also on Netflix. Um, it will make you angry. It's very much like the Michelle McNamara oh, God. Um, documentary. So much, such a mess. Well, and the fact that the the who's pardon my german kids cover your ears the whose dick is bigger competition Mm -hmm. with law enforcement jurisdictions because there is this complete and utter lack of willingness to share information because that jurisdiction wants to be the one to say that they caught the perpetrator as opposed to hey this person's murdering tons of people and we have no idea who he or she is maybe we could all combine efforts and you know like talk and share and such because sharing's caring and maybe less people will die um so the nice doctor documentary actually made piss me off the same way the michelle mcnamara one did about the golden state killer because you see how many people did not have to die Mm-hmm. but there were too many jurisdictional politics for people to get their heads out of their asses and do the right thing that's all get off my soapbox so i knew <laughs> long story short i knew that richard ramirez had stayed at the cecil and i'd known it for a long long time however i didn't know and they said it in the television series that when he would come back from murdering somebody he would walk into the cecil completely covered in blood so mind you this was oh, this was 84 june of 84 to august of 85 so he would walk in the building as he was long-term resident there completely covered in blood and no one batted a fucking eyelash so if that doesn't tell you how bad this part of downtown la is nothing does because it just didn't even phase him to call 911 nothing no just here's a guy completely covered in blood not my business he just goes back up to his room, does his thing. Um, so, yeah, Richard Ramirez stayed there for a period of time on specifically the 14th floor. Um, and then for those that did not know, he was actually caught in L.A. in the summer of 1985. Um, he ended up going to, I think he was going to a convenience store. And uh, the cops had finally been able to identify him. So they had a, a picture, a mugshot picture that was up on the news. And while he was checking out uh people started to recognize him so he tried to get on a bus then people started chasing the bus down he got off the bus and then eventually got caught um by citizens yeah good job to them yeah and that man is so lucky that there was a patrol cop who happened to be in the area who ended up picking him up because those people would have fucking ripped him to shreds you don't mess with angelinos they it's Mm -mm. like new yorkers (laughs) they're hardcore they don't come mess you up no like he that patrol card done saved his life so that he could live out his life on death row in prison and eventually die of cancer. Ah. Doesn't, yeah, you know, <laughs> these are the breaks in life. Um, but another infamous Cecil hotel guest was the no- notorious serial killer, Jack Unterweger from Ooh. Austria. 
Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about him. I I knew about Richard Ramirez, but this is the one I haven't really heard about. Yeah. He ended up killing three sex workers. um, And then he ended up getting a life sentence in prison, but was released on parole in 1990. What? Yeah. What? Yep. But he ended up getting arrested again and taking his own life. Bye-bye. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, you know, and and all throughout this documentary or this docuseries, we keep hearing about how bad the area is. Um, And then we eventually come to lovely Canadian exchange student Elisa Lamb, who was 21 when she checked into the Cecil on January 26th of 2013. So she was originally staying in like a hostel style room with other roommates um but uh the hotel started getting complaints from her roommates about some of her erratic behavior so they moved her into a room by herself and then five days later that's when she was declared missing obviously we know how this story ends three weeks later some guests start complaining about the low water pressure and the taste and color and smell of the water (gasps) yep i can't yep oh so very shortly after that is when uh the the, and that poor janitor that poor janitor who actually went up on the roof and found her i mean how what a bad day yeah what a bad bad day so they found her floating inside the closed water tank um her clothes were actually at the bottom Um, But she was completely naked and floating face up. So the interesting part of this documentary. So let's talk about our little lovely hotel manager, Miss Amy (laughs) Price. So (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I saw I I saw a meme on Reddit that said, find someone to talk about you the way that Amy Price talks about the Cecil Hotel. And it could not be more accurate. (laughs) This woman had like total stockholm syndrome with this damn hotel it's like she moved out here from the midwest not how not having any idea of where she was going or what she was getting into and then that bitch just got real hard real fast and Mm -hmm. was like yeah like you know eight people died while i worked there not a big deal it's fine it's fine these things happen it's a normal thing having eight people died at your hotel like that's totally fine (laughs) um yeah this freaking bonkers so when the poor janitor comes down and tells her that there's a body in the water tank, what does she do first? She calls her mom. <laughs> like, mom, no, I got some shit to tell you. You call the cops <laughs> and then you call mom. Not the other way around. Like, oh well, she was, and, and I think she even said, like, she was already dead. It wouldn't have made a difference. I'm like, no, it, no, 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 no. You call the cops first. Um, so then the coroner and this is another piece that was uh, a little interesting the coroner had declared the cause of death accidental drowning but i think at first they had checked a different box and then scribbled it out so they had checked Mm. the like unknown causes box um so you know so there was an autopsy done obviously to confirm but there were no drugs or alcohol found in her system and no signs of trauma so then obviously we go back and we start trying to track down what happened to elisa so we find this video 
Uh, then, you know, it's the infamous erratic behavior mm-hmm. video that we've all seen a million times. And that's where things just continue to get spooky. So a good chunk of this documentary is internet sleuths <laughs> that think that they know more than everybody. Oh boy, I can't and, wait till I get to that part. <laughs> and are identified as experts. So like journalists that are identified as experts in the case, um, <laughs> which really annoyed me. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's um, same for me. Okay, so the reason why this annoys me with... In, Please indulge me with a small anecdote. The best class I ever took in college was my uh, very first chem class. And the reason that this was the best class I ever took was for one specific day. We had one assignment in class and my professor gave everybody a white candle. And he said, as if you want to be a scientist, your job is nothing but observation. No speculation, no trying to put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Your job is strictly observation. If X, then Y. So he gave all of us, every single student had a white candle and we had the, you know, half of the, the class to write down everything about it. What it looked like, felt like, smelled like, all any observational qualities about it. And every student would come up with things like, well, there's a wick running down the middle of it. And my chem professor picked it up and said, how do you know that? Well, I can, it goes in the top. And he said, how do you know it goes all the way through it? You can't see to the bottom. Did you cleave your candle in half to see if the wick runs all the way through the middle? No, you didn't. Well, it's made out of wax. How do you know it's made out of wax? Did you melt it? Did you test it? Did you conduct any sort of analysis to determine that that's what it was made out of? No, you didn't. Your job was to determine... (laughs) What it smelled like, what it looked like, all that business. So, the reason I bring that anecdote up is (laughs) so many people speculate and come up with a bunch of garbage that's 100% not true. Yeah, so far off. So far off. And... Your job is to observe. Your job is not to draw conclusions based on information that you do not have. So that being said, the most annoying part of this series for me was all of the internet sleuths (laughs) that started putting together all of these additional things regarding how they believe that Elisa Lamb died. So there were all of these questions asked. And then initially... There was no explanation as to how she got into the water tank. And still, nobody knows. Yeah. Um, the doors and the stairs that access the hotel's roof are all locked. And only the staff have passcodes and keys. Um, and then any attempt to open them is supposed to trigger an alarm. However, we know that alarms don't always work. Some nope. t- somebody doesn't replace the batteries. And let's be honest, I can imagine that in a hotel like the Cecil you know door maintenance and door battery replacements probably not at the top of everybody's priority list not if she's calling her mom first for (laughs) right (laughs) after somebody just died right um so there was another video that was posted on the internet by um someone else who had supposedly shown that the roof was easily accessible via via the fire escape um and apparently the two lids of the water tank were open when this person went up the fire escape to get up to the roof. So, um, 
there are so many unanswered questions from this and so many crazy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part, the other part that really bothered me and I'm, I'm sure it bothered you too. I think about this poor girl's parents a lot. So she died in 2013. Here we are eight years later and there are not one, but two very high profile documentaries. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that her poor family just wants to move on. Yeah. And how difficult must it be to be a parent whose child very tragically died? You don't have any closure. And this documentary is doing things like talking about your child's m- mental health issues. Yeah. Reading portions of her Tumblr blog. Um, discussing her behavior that really freaked out her roommates um i think about her poor parents yeah that they're just trying you know they're just trying to move on from the situation and put her you know at peace and here we are going through the um speculating (laughs) what actually happened and you know and and there's two different you know obviously there's two different stories like coming from you know this documentary where it's got more of like the like literal evidence mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas in you know the ghost hunters uh series you know they're more focusing on kind of like the spookiness of the way she died and playing the elevator game and all that stuff and you know seeing if that's like how she appeared into the water tower I don't know. It's you can't you can't we can't all be Scooby Doo and the gang and solve the mystery, you guys. No. You really can't. <laughs> well, it's not how this works. No. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals. Yep. Well, and today, um uh, as we mentioned, it's been rebranded as the Stay on Main. It was rebranded in 2011. Um it has 299 hotel rooms and 301 single occupancy residences. Um so it's currently in the process of being renovated. However, it is supposed to be opening late next year. I'm good. Now, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to stay there. <laughs> well, let's talk about like the so let's talk a little more about miss amy price the the um the real star of this crime scene documentary so they should just interviewed her the whole time she knows all she knows she's got all the answers yeah well (laughs) so there there are some again you know internet sleuths that think that they know everything who have said that price and the hotel staff covered up her death (laughs) And I'm, I kind of feel like I don't understand why they would come to that conclusion. Well, and here's the thing. <laughs> Cause it's, I don't know. There are, and don't get me wrong. They did not have the most senior people working this case. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, as the coroner screwing up on the autopsy report, the cops failing to check the roof mm-hmm. for a long period of time. But when they found her, there were no, there was a little bit of alcohol in her bloodstream, but it was like 0.02 or something ridiculously low. Um, there were no recreational drugs or no, uh, no other controlled substances. She was very clearly under medicating mm-hmm. as they found, but 
what motive would the hotel... I mean, look at how many people have died at this. I know. Like, why would they hide that? They, no, there's no and reason. And also, if she... If they knew... it, Like, okay, say they supposedly threw her in the water tower. Like, what purpose would they have to poison everybody else that's staying there? Right. And have this huge lawsuit for the hotel? Right. Like, why? Why would you... No, they're, they want to make money. <laughs> for the hotel mm-hmm. the staff want their jobs Mm-mm. like they want to get paid like <laughs> i just when they said that i was like you guys mm-hmm. you're so way off <laughs> no and i mean little amy price in direct direct quote from her um one of her girls her girlfriend's husbands needed help at the hotel and she wasn't working so she had said direct quote well i've got time i'll do it that's how it all started i didn't even research where it was all i heard was that it was a hotel in downtown los angeles i walked in completely blind she sure did yep well what is little amy price up to now (laughs) amy price makes jewelry Oh, boy. She has a business called Amy Price Jewelry. You can Google it. I did earlier. Some of her jewelry is actually kind of nice. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, you know. So, she started making it in 2005, um, but only recently started focusing on it full-time, and her business has taken off. Oh. And she also works as an interior designer in L.A., so. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And she has uh, dogs named Goose and Maverick. <laughs> that's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only thing I like about her. Yep. <laughs> well, I definitely want to get into something else that really bugged me regarding the wonderful internet sleuths because they know everything <sighs> is when they accused a person of murdering Elisa Lamb. Poor Morbid. <laughs> so... They said that Pablo uh, Vergara, a.k.a. Morbid, basically murdered Elisa Lam, <laughs> which makes absolutely no sense <laughs> at all. But this is how, you know, they came. So they an online investigator came across Morbid on YouTube who had posted a video of himself inside the Cecil Hotel room. So from there, they all you know, were there, everybody was like, you know, fascinated by, uh, you know, the case and they kind of just went down the rabbit hole as some of us do, <laughs> but I don't sleuth like that. No, I don't ruin I don't somebody's do life. <laughs> I don't go that. And they, they basically discovered his work. Um, and you know, he kind of paints himself like kind of like corpse looking, you know, and he's a metal artist. So he, you know, he creates real like extreme lyrics and music about, you know, dark and murderous subjects, you know, kind of just not the usual of what everybody listens to. So of course, you know, it's very shocking to those who are not into that genre. And they're going to think like, oh, you know, that this music is going to make people commit suicide. And they, oh, he must be a murderer. Like, he's probably killed people because he's writing songs about that. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, sometimes not all music is literal. Mm -mm. Just, just, just throwing that out there. Mm -mm, (laughs) So, of course, you know, they're thinking, oh, yeah, this guy totally did it so they were listening to one of his uh, songs called died in pain which depicts a young girl running uh for her life until she's caught and murdered 
And basically, he posted this video just days after um, her death. So, of course, they're like, oh, there you go. And then um, he has another song that's called China that includes lyrics about a victim's remains being laid to rest in water. And uh, also in the line of the song is called I'm Thinking of China. Well, they were thinking, okay, well, he's definitely the killer because... Elisa Lam was Chinese and her body was found in the water, in the water tank. So there's their reasoning. I still don't get it. Um, <laughs> so, of course, they, you know, begin to, you know, bombard his YouTube uh, video with comments accusing him of murder. And then they discovered his real name um, through Facebook. And, you know, be- before you know it, like, you know, they're he's being attacked and you know now he's just now finding about you know the death of Elise Lim he has no idea you know who she is but he sees his picture and it was being shared on a um a Taiwanese um television show as basically making him an official suspect in the case (laughs) I'm just like he wasn't even in the country like you guys (laughs) like and then you know then they discovered you know he wasn't even here like and this basically he um his stay actually took place 12 months before her death so it's like come on you guys (laughs) everyone's real brave behind a keyboard yeah but then but you know and then so i i looked a little bit further because i know he you know he talked about like a lot of his feelings and just going through this whole process of being you know accused um and here's just a few quotes from him, you know. He he said, so when the news was released about her death being an accident, no one apologized to me. No one reached out to me. Nothing changed. It's just wrong. People shouldn't get away with that. We have to be more responsible to what we say and do. You know, what happened to me can happen to anyone. I survived it. But lots of people get cyberbullied and they don't make it. Mm-hmm. He's right. 100% right. <laughs> and he actually was, you know he what he attempted suicide yep because of all these people attacking him for something you know he didn't do and you know this it ruined his career you know and he's probably like a great musician and a great writer of music and these people just just threw him in the dirt and just stepped all over him and didn't even apologize like he also said in an interview um I do feel like I've lost my freedom of expression. I actually haven't made any more music. Mm-hmm. That is so sad to me. But he says, you know, um, I'm trying to rebuild my life and everything, but it sucks every day. It's never going away. I have to live with it for the rest of my life. But he also says the Cecil is just a porter to, portal to hell, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> but poor guy, like you guys... Seriously. Uh, uh, yeah, again, everybody is real fucking brave behind a keyboard. And just leave people alone. Yeah. If you don't, if you have any actual evidence, meaning if you saw something, if you found something, if if there is something tangible, not the, I just know. No, no, no. 
how how wonderful it must be to be the chosen one and just know. No, I, I if you have tangible evidence, call the cops. Don't online bully people. Right. Come on. Like uh, kills me. Yeah, so I mean, it's great that he's still trying to, you know, get his life back and working on that, but it was just sad to read that. <laughs> like, he can't even write music anymore. Like, he's just a weird dude. Leave him alone. Yeah. Some people are weird, but weird people are cool, too. Right. I mean, we're weird, so it's fine. Super weird. <laughs> God, well, I hope we don't get accused of murdering somebody Girl, someday. it's only a matter of time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, the second part, um, and we'll just very quickly recap the Ghost Hunters special. So this is actually a two-part special that's on Discovery Plus, um, but it is not two separate episodes that you watch. It's like two. It's it's two halves that they combine into one hour and twenty-seven minute. I think it's an hour and twenty-seven minute long. Yeah. Episode. Um, because I'm assuming that at some point they will release it on peasant TV. Um, <laughs> but because we didn't want to wait, we paid the $7 a month. Oh, that reminds me. I owe you your three fifty for the oh my God. subscription this month. Girl, um, don't do it. Don't do it. It's girl. not, it's worth, not it. worth it. Um, <laughs> so in part one, Obviously, we're given a little bit of additional background on the Cecil, most of which we just gave you. But the very first thing that Zach Bagans does, because this was one of the theories, is he plays the elevator game. It's a creepy game. It is. We also talked about this in the Paranormal Games, if you listened. But also, we saged this room after doing that episode. Yes, yes we did. <laughs> it's creepy. Don't play them. Just throwing it out there. No. But anyway, continue. No. Yes, please don't do it. Um, so he, for those of you that have attempted the elevator game, then you know that there are a series of of floors that you have to access in order to get yourself to another dimension. Um, but when you get the elevator to the fifth floor, that is supposedly where a woman jumps onto the elevator with you. If you see her, you're not supposed to interact with her in any way, shape, or form. You're just supposed to act normal. And if she asks you questions, you're not supposed to talk to her. So Zach Bagans gets the fifth floor, feels a cold something enter the elevator. So what did he do? <laughs> he starts fucking with it. Just leave it alone. Um, but... If you end up, when you're playing the elevator game, if you ascend to the 10th floor, then that means that you have been granted access to another dimension via the elevator game. But if you go back down to the bottom floor, so sad, try again later. I'm good at the bottom. Yeah, so he, he gets <laughs> to the bottom, um, and then the 10th floor is where you're supposed to end up but once he gets off the elevator it then shoots mysteriously up to the 7th floor and then and then comes back down and opens up again but nobody gets off of it mind you the hotel's completely closed and it has been closed for renovations since 2019 so there's nobody in this hotel yeah um, except our ghost adventures dudes. Right, and ghosts who live in there. <laughs> and the ghosties. <laughs> All the people who died. Yep. So then, of course, Zach goes back up to the seventh floor, but there's no one there. <laughs> um, so he also invites his two clairvoyant friends, Michael and Marty, um, to the hotel to help investigate. So Michael ends up going on the roof, and he believes that he feels Elisa's presence, and he starts 
being able to see the outline of something on one of the water towers, but he's not sure what it is. Um, and meanwhile, his wife, Marty, is actually in Richard Ramirez's room. They didn't tell her that that's the room they were going to put her in. And her um, special talent is being able to draw pictures and sketch actually really fucking good pictures yeah. of um, people that she sees around. And none of these people are Richard Ramirez, but when they go back down to see her, she then says, I want to know who in this room was a murderer. Because she knew that there was something along those lines. Oh, I also left out the best part. So, Zach Bagans also owns a couple of Richard Ramirez's drawings that he did in prison. Because that's what you do. Yeah, so he brought those and put them in that room. So, then they go to Elisa's room. And Michael says that Richard was there. Richard being Richard Ramirez. And he specifically says he's there for Zach. And he tells Michael, I got you. Like, nope. like Richard's telling Michael to tell Zach, I got you. And once he says that, we start to see a big red scratch form on the back of Zach Bagan's neck. <laughs> and then one on his eye. Which is real creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. That's um, why I will not be staying there. No. Oh, okay. So you know how we, I keep talking shit about the polterpod? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I actually looked up the polterpod. We can buy one for $249. Can we not though? Well, okay. So the best part of the polterpod <laughs> is there's a disclaimer on it that specifically says if you're using it for paranormal investigations, it's not going to work. It's 100% subjective. Oh. Yeah. Like there's this whole paragraph disclaimer on the bottom really yes i knew something was up with that thing yes because i just some of that stuff i just can't i just don't feel like it's believable no at least not to me well and so i was trying to figure out how this thing works okay it picks up radio frequencies According to the website that I went to to buy a polterpod, <laughs> I really wanted to know how it works. It picks up radio frequencies. So they could be hearing somebody from a whole nother place. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and the spirit wow. box, I told you, is my company makes that speaker. <laughs> it's not a spe- it's not a speaker bo- or a, a spirit box. It is a specific Bluetooth speaker that my company makes. <laughs> and they took the badge off of it so you can't tell Zach Bates, i'm gonna need to get your life together <laughs> you have us all over here believing that you're contacting ghosts and i knew like it's a lot of theatrics but like come on <laughs> now oh man do i believe that the Cecil is haunted. Yes. 100%. 100%. Do I believe that there are a lot of things that happen that cannot be explained or that science is currently unable to measure? Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you on that as well. Now, some of... I, I know that there are a lot of people that are diehard Ghost Adventures fans. And don't get me wrong, I love to watch it. Me but too. I love to watch it for the history. Some of the investigation techniques, it's a television show. We can't debunk this. <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite line. Yeah, there obviously <laughs> it's it's theatrics, it's you you don't get people to watch by having nothing happen. <laughs> 
So do I think that there's a chunk of it that's embellished? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think so. I am very, very skeptical of a lot of things in this world, but I also <laughs> am a firm believer that there are things that science cannot measure. Yeah. So I do believe. I believe. But also, can I get a shirt that says we cannot debunk it? <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally, every time he says that, and it's clearly just, like, a freaking dust particle, I am laughing so hard that tears are coming from my eyes. Like, man. I'm like, Zach. Zach. I'm gonna need you to zoom in a little bit more. Also, clean your cameras. (laughs) Because the dust, (laughs) like, come on. Especially in the Cecil. No one's been there. Mm Mm-mm. So I'm sure there's all kinds of dust and dirt in that place. Yep. Like, I'm glad they were all wearing masks. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Because also Rona. <laughs> but but that, but also, who knows what's in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then moving over to, so I talked about the scratch. Um, and then they have this lovely little polter pod that I got sidetracked talking a bunch of smack about. But I just wanted you to know, I actually did look it up. I'm glad you did know, now that I know. Because, yeah. you know, I never know the names of these things. Yeah, so you can buy one for $249 with a big old disclaimer that it doesn't work. I know you got a bonus, please, but don't, don't I, buy it. I got plans for that bonus, and it does not involve a polter pod. Okay, good. So... <laughs> um so then they and and again this is where i go off my soapbox about um how people that like to string things together Mm -hmm. that don't mean anything um (laughs) so one of the guys sits in there and they make contact with a female entity and who says yeah and then there's a male spirit that they ask or that i don't know where the fuck this male spirit came from but (laughs) they ask who they're talking to and a male spirit says elisa lamb um and then they have that little laser grid that measures different temperature movements Mm -hmm. and it goes blue alluding to the fact that something left the room and then the contact stops um so then they go back up to the 14th floor to richard ramirez's room and take his art and when they're trying to contact him they hear a weird hiss um and then right (laughs) Uh, and then aaron gets super grumpy why does he always get really grumpy all the time because they can't sell television if there's no drama but i always feel like it's aaron well you know he's just a very ball guys are angry look at my (laughs) husband i mean he just he just is really good at at internalizing it. I'm I'm not gonna comment on both men. <laughs> they're uh, not they're not all bad. I know. You, you just got a defect. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway. Um but yeah, so anyway, they, they use that paranormal puck again. That, or no, the paranormal puck is different from the polter pod. Yeah. I can't keep all these and the spirit pods. I know. I just call them those things. Yeah, the little things. The things yeah. that talk to things yeah so they start (laughs) they start another session and they start asking if anybody's there so this thing this entity responds and says you know it's a friend um and then they said you know what do you want and it says living and then why said what do you want or i think somebody asked why do you want the living and then it said female um and then you know they obviously take that and jump to you want to take you want to possess a woman but like no and then (laughs) it's just as like 
and then like this person needs to be careful because this is not his friend but like no maybe if if your little paranormal puck does work maybe it's somebody who says that they want to be alive again and maybe they were a woman who knows like <laughs> nobody knows that's the thing that pisses yeah. me off is it's just you yeah oh i'm gonna stop now yeah <laughs> And that's where part one ends, basically. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll get into part two. More fun things. Um, <laughs> so um, they, so Zach invites uh, Scott Michaels, which we have talked about uh, his wonderful tours that he offers at Dearly Departed, which we have taken the Black Dahlia tour. Really great. Just throwing that out there. He also runs findadeath.com. If you haven't checked it out, it has listings of all the famous like celebrity deaths kind of cool if you want to go down the rabbit hole late at night (laughs) but so they invite him to come out because you know he is basically like a death historian and he goes down the rabbit hole he researches all this stuff and finds out you know everything there is about a person place anything so he knows a lot about the cecil which is great and because i loved just kind of hearing actual history and then they go to the actual rooms um so he takes zach and the crew um they stop at pigeon goldie osgood's room um who i didn't mention before um sorry about that um but she was found raped stabbed and severely beaten and then they also go to the rooms um talking about the suicides of uh lewis d borden um, who slashed his throat, as I mentioned before, and then Roy Thompson, who jumped off the roof of the hotel, or not roof, I'm sorry, from his window. <laughs> and then we, um, they also go to the room of Dorothy Purcell, who I mentioned before through her um, newborn baby out the window. And um, we even get to a point where they're, you know, they're in Dorothy Purcell's room and Scott Michaels, he has to leave the room because, or I'm sorry, in Goldie's room, excuse me. He's got to leave the room because he like starts to feel really sick and uneasy. Like there's a, a heaviness on him, which I'm like, oh, okay, maybe like I, I've gotten that feeling before where like you just feel unwanted and it just starts to make you sick. Like that's what I felt like when I was on the Queen Mary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you just sometimes you get that feeling. So I don't know for him. I kind of believe him because I've seen a lot of his YouTube videos um, that he makes um, somewhat on a weekly basis. But he he talks about like how he felt like going into these places. So I don't know. I kind of believe him. (laughs) Um, So after this, um, Zach and the team, you know, they, you know, pretty much make this plan to connect to these different rooms and try to connect to the, uh, you know, different ghosts uh, of the, you know, people who died in those rooms. So, but first he invites the wonderful psychic medium, uh, Patty Negri, who I don't believe whatsoever. No. After watching her in the Black Dahlia episode, and where supposedly a female spirit or a male spirit took over her body, didn't believe it. Not no. one bit. You can easily research where you're going and like figure out like, oh, well, I know this person died here, so I can just imagine I'm connecting. I don't know. I just don't believe her. Anyway. <laughs> um, not to make you like further angry, but that um, 
Surviving Death docuseries on Netflix I was telling you about, mm-hmm. watch episodes two and three on Mediums. It will make you so mad. <laughs> well, yeah, because I just feel like even just not like her specifically, but other Mediums that have been on shows and stuff like that, they're, they play on people's emotions. You're you're capitalizing on people in their most yeah. vulnerable Neat in their most vulnerable hours and that's criminal and like, you know and i i have never seen a medium or you know talk to them or anything but i've watched a few of those shows and i'm like i just feel like you can easily research a tragedy especially like there's one that goes to celebrity houses their information's all over the place oh yeah so you can easily see who like tragically died in their family or who they're close to. Oh, it's the Hollywood medium guy. Yeah. Oh, like what's I just, his name? I don't know. He, he cute, but I mean, he cute, <laughs> but I mean, I just don't believe it. <laughs> no, um, I've met one person that I like honestly and truly believe one person. And it was my ex stepmother. Mm-hmm. And this was before social media. Maybe I had a MySpace. like, so social media was in its baby infant stages Mm -hmm. it was a lot harder to find things from people she knew shit that i hadn't told anybody okay she's the only one that i've ever believed everybody else i think is full of shit i mean i'd be willing to try if somebody knew somebody who actually like they believe i'd be willing to try but i still only one i'm super skeptical (laughs) and i've I've gone and had readings before and i'm like Mm -hmm. no and even i I specifically try not to give them anything Mm mm-hmm still yeah it's just (sighs) but i do believe i 100 percent believe there are people out there that can do it Mm -hmm. i just don't believe that they're the people there are a lot of the people that are making money yeah i don't believe this lady no i don't believe her at all (laughs) but so um they basically kind of let her walk in the hotel and just kind of like feel like wherever she wants to go. So she first leads into the 14th floor and she goes into 1431 where um, Roy Thompson jumped to his death. So she stands close to the window and she can like kind of feel someone there. So Zach takes out his anomaly camera and he could see like a little stick figure next to her, next to the window. Mm-hmm. just kind of floating, hanging out. I don't know if I believe See, that. I don't know how that thing works either. I don't understand it either. I think we're going to have to do an episode of, of Ghost Hunter equipment. Debunking the debunkers? Yes, there you go. That... D- oh, okay, note that. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> anyway, so then she draws them to the 10th floor, and she goes to room 1016, and she starts to crunch down and you know she's like oh i gotta protect my female parts basically zach is like kind of helping her elude to that a woman had been assaulted or raped in this room and this happened to be the room of goldie osgood i think he kind of Mm. fed her that's how i felt yeah he fed the information to her but also she could have looked it up because i mean also that yeah i mean all of I, I, shit we found all this stuff on the internet right exactly <laughs> um so after she leaves um you know the team decides they're going to split up so jay heads down to the basement by himself then billy goes to room 1016 aaron goes to the 14th floor and then zach um heads uh to the seventh and kind of walks around but heads to um the aunt is it Unterwager? 
Unter. Unterweger. Unt, unter. Unterweger. Let me get, let me get my, <laughs> my language. Unterweger. I think the W is supposed to be pronounced as a V. Oh. Unterweger. Yeah, that one. There it is. I got it. it. girl. Got it. Um, So he goes to his room. (laughs) Um, So first we, you know, see Zach on the seventh floor. He's trying to reach out to Jack um, and asks if, like, you know, he was kind of the one touching Patty. Um, And then he hears uh, an unexplained screaming. Then he goes into his room, but hears something kind of coming from the hallway on the seventh floor. Like, you know, someone's out there banging, making a noise. And so then he tries to continue to reach out to Jack and he hears a hello um, from this, the the APF processor. (laughs) I still don't know what that is. And then all of a sudden the bathroom sink turns on. That was kind of creepy. That part was real creepy. Yeah. Oh, did we talk about the... Okay, you talk about it here in a sec. Oh, I do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I kind of just like... Well, anyway. Um. So, yeah, that, that happens. And that was really creepy. Wait, but wait, do we talk about it? Do we? The picture? Oh, I might let that know. Oh, that's the best part. Oh, sorry. Ah! <laughs> I forget. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, continuing. <laughs> um, so he's still trying to reach out on the, the APF processor. And then he, um, you know, he keeps asking if Jack, uh, you know, uh, Unterweger. There you go. There it is. Is there with him. And he gets the response, I'm Jack. Which I don't know if I still believe it. Anyway. (laughs) So then we meet up with Aaron on uh, the 14th floor. And he sets up these mirrors because he's thinking maybe he can try to capture spirits kind of going from one mirror to the next. Uh, Kind of a cool experiment. Mm -hmm. You know. Anyway, so he catches a little wispy anomaly going from one mirror to the next they cannot debunk it it's dust <laughs> seriously we cannot debunk it i, I just want that on the shirt <laughs> and then we um see jay down in the basement he's got the microphone he's trying to hear and reach out to people if anybody's down there and he just hears some kind of like noises and things <laughs> and then of course we have billy in room 1016 and he's trying to reach out to goldie and he starts kind of feeling you know like weird things in the room and he you know starts taking pictures and then of course the night cam catches this little light anomaly kind of going down and they of course they think it's it's her it's dust (laughs) again probably dust and then there's one part where they all get like scared at the same time, kind of, sort of. <laughs> and um, when they ask, like, you know, who's the ghost that's there? Like, who is here, you know, trying to, you know, get them all? And then I forget the little thing that like right, types it out. I don't remember what that's called. Oh, that's the where did it go? <laughs> I always forget the names of these things. I just need to write them down one day. That they, one's the um. That one's the puck. The puck. No, the, no, but there's the. It's like a. It looks like a speak and spell thing. Yeah. Oh, that is the. Yeah, because the the polter pod is the one that's that speaks, 
But the, the puck is the one that types, the paranormal puck is the one that types out. Oh, okay. So the paranormal puck, it answers back and it says evil. It's hard to keep my bullshit cryptozoology <laughs> machines. Seriously, straight. we need like a whole episode of it because I'm like, I forget what these things are called all the time. And I'm just like, because when they say them, I just don't pay attention. I think, I think that's what it is. Because they're just, just kind of, yeah. well, it's, it's hard when your eyes are rolling. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not remembering it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, you know, of course they, you know, come to the conclusion that the Cecil is extremely haunted. But well, duh. obviously, uh, but also I have been to the lobby of the Cecil before oh, yeah. they before they closed it. Yeah. You definitely get a very creepy vibe. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful, but it's very clearly there. There's something yeah. not right about that place. I mean, no wonder American Horror Story basically made a whole season. The ground about it. is sour. <laughs> um, what do you think happened to Elisa Lamb? Okay, so <laughs> I was on the elevator game thing because mm-hmm. I remember we were talking about it in the Paranormal um, Games episode. It's just creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and the way, and the reason why I stuck on it for a minute before watching the netflix series it's because if you watch the video and when she gets out of the elevator it looks like she's like pushing herself in water like if you notice how her hands are all weird yeah you know how when you get in the water you kind of like you know do that i mean i don't really do that but she's just doing that like a lot use your flippers right (laughs) so it makes you feel like she's in the water Mm -hmm. so i mean in a creepy way that made sense to me at first Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i know on ghost hunters you know they kind of you know speak on that not so much my theory but they were just thinking it was the elevator game that did her in but um you know definitely you know going into the netflix series i'm now more on she definitely you know just kind of had a psychotic break and committed suicide unfortunately you know i don't I 100% believe that she had a psychotic episode of some sort. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she intended to take her own life. I absolutely think that it was accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that she was under medicating for so long, the fact that she had struggled with her mental health for so long and yeah. wrote about it on her Tumblr blog, the fact that she had to be moved from her roommates because she was making them so uncomfortable um like my dad had the same bipolar disorder that she did the type one that's far more manic Mm -hmm. and i could always tell the instant he tried to take himself off his meds because he always had the theory that he could cure himself no my doctor told me i I don't even need these like no Mm -mm. (laughs) this is not something that you can cure they gave it to you for a reason yes this is something that you need to manage with medication and when he would when he did go off his meds he would legitimately disappear for days on end. Like he would be gone from his house. My brother and I would have no idea. And we would eventually get calls from the cops that he was asleep on a park bench somewhere. Like he was, he was gone. So I 100% believe that the same type of thing could have happened to her. It's just really unfortunate that it ended the way that it did. Yeah. Where she tried to take a swim and couldn't. Yeah. So, and, and I think once she got in there, like once you get in those water tanks, 
there is no way to get out. It's not like there's a ladder in there or anything. Right. Um, so she just, she got in there and I think just unfortunately drowned. But again, I go back to, if you are, if we have any internet sleuths that are listening to this, please be kind. Please understand that you're not an expert Mm -hmm. and nobody is probably really going to be able to ever say definitively what happened. Right. I think it was just unfortunately an accident. Yeah. But, but also we all can't be the internet sleuths from that documentary. Don't fuck with cats. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I would say those are the only internet sleuths that like, I could say did a good job and actually found, well, like found the real person. Yeah. Who actually committed the crimes. Yeah. But anyway. But, Unless you but don't see sleuth. their mugshot <laughs> on TV while they're standing behind you at a convenience store. Right. Then okay. <laughs> um, just be careful. If anybody that is doing any kind of sleuthing or even just trying to make it through life, um, assumptions are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Very, very dangerous. Please don't make assumptions about people or things that you don't know or if you don't have the whole story. Um, if someone sends you a text message and you take it wrong, remember, things like text messages don't convey any emotions. So mm-hmm. it could be possible that person was just busy and they didn't have time to write a very long-winded copy of War and Peace back to you. Damn it, that's what I wanted. <laughs> so don't assume <laughs> that they're a bad person because they had to cut something short, you know? That kind of stuff. Give each other some slack. We're all just trying to make it. Yeah. Um, We're just trying to make it through the week. All right. We're trying to make it through the Monday. (laughs) Um, But, you know, on the whole, I I liked the documentary. I learned Mm -hmm. some things from it. Yeah. Um, However, there were, I had some issues with it. And and I'm also, you know, I'm really not liking this um, copy and paste template for true crime documentaries where Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it starts out very somber and ominous. There are all of these little dark flashbacks. There are um, very wide aperture shots of very serious interviewees. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like fucking cut and paste. Yeah. Just change the topic. I kind of feel like the Night Stalker one was like that. It too, was a exactly bit. like that. Um, which I now that I'm on like my sixth true crime documentary of the mm-hmm. year, I'm like, okay guys, we got to get a new formula. Gotta change it up. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting worn out here. Um, I do like though, I will say in the night stalker one, I did like how they kind of sort of reenacted a little bit in there. Like there was a little like vignettes. I like that. They focused more on, the lives that he took mm-hmm. and less on him. Yeah. Because let's not, let's not glorify the serial killer. Let's focus on right. the crime. Let's focus on the, the families that were in the lives that were lost. Yeah. No, I really liked that too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check uh, it out, everybody. Yeah. There's, there's so both of them are worth a watch. The ghost adventures one, um, if nothing else is just entertaining. Yes. Um, even, even if, you know, half of a percent of what happened is true, 
during that investigation it's still pretty trippy yeah. so definitely worth a watch um you can again you can watch that on discovery plus uh crime scene vanishing at the cecil hotel is on netflix i'm sure you've all already watched it yes yep. another binger oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> because you know if we're you know working at home it's the thing to do so <laughs> yes well that's it for us today yeah happy friday folks happy friday or whatever day you're listening to this happy day yeah <laughs> hope you had a better one than us today oh, and i'm not even drinking right now what's wrong with me i know <laughs> you know but the actually this uh session after work for me it just makes me feel better before oh, yeah. going into the next day so i agree thank you yeah thank you <laughs> and we got to go on a little bike ride and run exactly eat some thai food well make sure you like us on facebook and also follow us on instagram and make sure you check out our merch on our website thesquaggles.com and also email us at thesquaggles at gmail.com we love to hear your ideas thoughts concerns burning desires yes we are also kitty effects brand ambassadors yeah, get on it yeah so you can either uh use our code from kitty effects shop it is squad ghouls and that gets 15 percent off your order or you can go to our website click the link to kitty effects shop and it will automatically apply your 15 percent off code at discount get wait whoa, the whoa, ki- whoa 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 oh 15 off discount at checkout <laughs> i said 15 percent off code at discount Oh. I fixed it. It's fine. We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Creep it real. It will scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.